Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another rousing episode of Cinema Chat. This is Patrick. This is Josh. And we're here today to talk about a movie that we just saw yesterday, and that movie is... Blade Runner 2049. I don't think we can repeat Blade Runner 2049 to have any cool sound effects, but Jeremy, if you want to give us a cool uh, spaceship sound... Or like a a spaceship. Yeah, like a very (laughs) aesthetic-sounding noise. I'm going to give you two seconds. Okay, so Josh and I went uh, last night to the Alamo Draft House in Corpus Christi, Texas. Again, Alamo Draft House, if you would like to sponsor us, feel free. We are desperate for sponsorships. Um, first reaction, I think, it, let's, let's do it this way. Let's, we're going to create a actual format for reviewing new movies. Uh, we don't want to give the spoilers away. We don't want to give um, anything in particular that is going to dissuade you from seeing the movie on your own and forming your own opinions. I think that's the main thing of, uh, of film critiques. Having um, that you want to make sure that, yeah, you, you want to give an objective opinion and then move on from there. Um, so we're going to have our own analysis. We're going to talk a little bit of the plot without giving away the spoilers and then we're going to have some expert opinions and other ideas um, from the movie. So, Josh, why don't you go ahead and give us your opening opinion of the movie? Oh, the first thing I can say is great. I mean, it was me, you, and Josie. And unfortunately, I guess it was too much for her. She fell asleep a little. She tuckered out <laughs> right next to us. Maybe the plot was too much, but it was just a great movie. We, d- we did go to the movie at 11 p.m. I'll say that. <laughs> After a long day, but... I, I I was just so in this the plot of the the entire movie was so great. I mean, e- even for someone who ha- I haven't seen Blade Runner in a long time, so I was kind of right. thankful that they kind of like give you that little oh okay this is what happened. If if you don't remember, if you haven't seen the movie in forever, this is what happened. And it's just as the movie goes on, you start to notice the themes of you know can what's real what's not real you know at what point does something right. you know i'm 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 trying my best not to say it in the way to where it's spoilerish but i mean yeah i hope most of you listening have seen the original blade runner or seen movies kind of like blade runner in a way uh but to cut it short it's just throughout the whole movie there's a lot of questions that it makes you ponder about existence and ai right the future and that, that was one of the all that good stuff that was one of the hallmarks of the original was that there was a lot of um, it kind of puts you in a position to where you have to internally think of things and uh, frame your own perspective of what's going on. The reality in the uh, the replicant world, I suppose, you know, it, it's very vague of what's actually real and who's real and who's you know telling the truth and who is you know telling you what you want to hear. Um, from my perspective, I thought the movie. Um, again, I have, I saw the original, um, about a couple months ago. I I got kind of, I got ready for it. Like I mentioned in the episode before, I had tickets to see it on the first day. Um, (laughs) but I had to not be able to go because of, um, prior commitments, I suppose. Uh, prior to the prior commitment, I had already set up and going to the movie three months before. Um, but, um, I loved it. 
I, I thought that it was a little bit dense. Um, maybe going at the time of night that we did was not the smartest idea. Um, we probably should have drank some coffee or had a little bit of a Red Bull before going to see it. It is something that does make you think a lot. And it makes you be an active participant in watching the movie. And those are the types of movies that, you know, people end up going back to see again and again to kind of pick up on things that they may have left behind or they may have lost in uh, the initial screening of the movie, the initial watching. And that's kind of the hallmark of a a good uh, movie that's memorable and makes you want to go watch it again to see what you missed. Um, But... For all the headiness and the smartness of the movie, there was plenty of action, and um, I felt that it was good counterbalance. Um, but I, c- I can imagine for someone who either isn't familiar with the original Blade Runner or Philip K. Dick's um, novel that it was based on, "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sleep?" You know, if you're not familiar with the basic plotline of the movie or the novel, and you go in to see this one. It has a little bit of hand-holding throughout the uh, first act of the movie. Uh, it, it starts off kind of, you know, in the in the thick of it. But then it kind of, like, you know, opens up and allows you to, to get the backstory a little bit uh, as the movie progresses. So, as a standalone, it does, it does well. I mean, the sequel came out 30 years ago. Or the prequel came out 30 years ago. So, I, I don't think they're expecting you you know, to have a, a immediate knowledge of everything that happened. Uh, it does kind of allow for the people watching, the viewer, to, you know, to catch up as they go along. Um, but yeah, th- th- that's my initial opinion on it. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add on? Um, I do agree what you said about the whole hand-holding thing. I mean, given that the mm-hmm. first movie did come out, it was 30 years ago, right? Yeah, about 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was... Um, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't think it was like, oh man, you know, we're making the sequel. Let's make it strictly for the people that enjoyed it and loved it and begged for the sequel. It kind of had to meet, you know, that middle requirement. Like, okay, we, we got to do it to where it's going to entice the, you know, the original fans to come watch it, but at the same time, not skew away a newer audience. And same thing, right. like you were saying about the whole action thing. It's not too where it's too much. To you're like, whoa, what the hell happened to Blade Runner? Why is why does it feel like I'm watching, you know, Pacific Rim slash Transformers, you know, all these explosions <laughs> every ten minutes, you know, for no reason. It, I mean, it's it's very right. well counterbalanced, you know, just enough to yeah. keep it rolling when needed. Um, be. yeah, that, that that's kind of one of the things is that every sequence of action or every scene of violence, there is a specific plot driven reason why it's going on. There, it's not like, you know, a CGI, you know, uh, it's, it's not a CGI fest. It's not, you know, overtly trying to show off any technology or anything. And not to shit on movies like that. Mad Max was basically, you know, basically a movie that just wanted to show off traditional forms of uh, action sequences. Yeah, and I it was a great movie. movie. Or Fury fucking, Road. Fury Road was a great movie. I fucking love um, Mad Max. Like, just in general. Like, this, <laughs> like all of them, I fucking love mad max like right uh, yeah but before i start getting distracted go (laughs) (laughs) right but um but like i mean there was obviously cgi and um 
the action sequences were obviously aided by, you know, uh, like with explosions and lots of fighting sequences. But there was always a reason for why they were presenting it. They never left you wondering, like, it's not like a Transformers, like you said, like Pacific Rim, which was one of the previews that they showed before. They showed a bunch of movies with, like, mechs. And, and robots like, and future, robots trying and to mechs. keep the dystopian future theme going on, but... Right. Like, okay, okay, like, before we get into the actual movie review segment of it, I just want to say, um, the previews that stuck out to me, I think, what was it, like, whatever the, the weather one, one was... With Jennifer yeah. Lawrence, the Red Sparrow. Oh, well, yeah, okay, the Red Sparrow was like a spy thriller, futuristic movie, I guess, whatever. Um, there's one about the weather, like where it's basically like day after tomorrow, too. But with the weather machine? Looks, right, <laughs> looks fucking terrible. Um, Pacific Rim, the new generation or whatever the fuck it's called, where it's basically just like, hey, some people like Pacific Rim, Let's let's milk this cow. And, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I never watched Pacific Rim. Maybe it's good. I'm holding my judgment on it. I'm holding my breath. I've never know, seen I'm, it either. Not... But, um, uh, and then the other one was, uh, Ready Player One, which I know it's, I read the book. The book was okay. I think the book is a little bit overhyped. Um, I know it kind of created a, a firestorm of, you know, nerd culture and gamer culture, um, I'm probably not going to watch that movie though. Maybe if you guys ask, we can review it and I will, I will go against my principle and watch it for the people <laughs> listening. Um, but as it stands right now, I'm not really that interested in watching it. Um, but going back to the original movie, um, I guess let's go ahead and do a, a quick little rundown of the movie. We're, we're trying to keep the episodes with the new movies a little bit more concise, and um, to to make you guys want to watch it and make your own opinions. We don't want to really bog you down. Like, the, the last episode with Psycho was, you know, 58 minutes. So <laughs> we're going to try and keep this... Explain the whole movie. <laughs> right. So we're not going to go bit by bit. Um, we're going to skip around a little bit, not really go that deep into the plot points. Um, like, we, like I said, like we both said, this is a good movie. I think we both really enjoyed it. Obviously, we'll give our score at the end, but... Um, I think this is the type of movie that you'll get a lot more from actually watching it and experiencing it than you will by having somebody talk to you about it. So with that, let's talk about it. Um, so film opens up um, present day, 2049, Los Angeles. Um, pretty reminiscent, to, pretty reminiscent to the original. Um, a lone Blade Runner is in the sky looking for its location to touch down on. For those of you not familiar, a Blade Runner is somebody who goes and searches for uh, rogue... Replicants. Replicant. Or the... Going back, okay. Let's let's get this. Let's clear the, the room with everything. So basically, and it's... The original Blade Runner took place in 2019 which is in two years, and we have nothing close to this in technology, but I digress. <laughs> so, um, basically, there's a big um, conglomerate company that creates these replicants that are basically used for slave labor, more or less. Um, 
they create these robots that then become sentient and start a revolution, more or less. And so that's the original movie. So in this movie, it takes place 30 years after the original. So the original one, original started or was made in 2019, or it started off in 2019. This one starts off in 2049. So there's a 30 year gap between the two movies. Um, you have, so it starts off 30 years after. In between, there was a what's considered or what's called the the Great Blackout, and that's when basically everything went to shit. All the technology kind of stopped. Uh, everyone was out of technology, all the information and everything was lost. And like, so you have an already pretty dystopian society create like becoming even more dystopian due to the blackout and everything else that happened after the replicant, uh, revolution and all that. Right. So that sets up everything. The movie expects you to know that much, but it'll, at the beginning, if you don't know it, it catches you up. But that's kind of what it expects you to know. So it starts off uh, Ryan Gosling, who is Agent K, I believe is his name throughout the movie. But yeah. it changes. Spoiler alert, it changes. <laughs> um, so uh, Agent K goes and finds uh, Dave Batista, Drex who is um, <laughs> also Batista. <laughs> also, unnamed villain in James Bond, whatever the also, last one was. Uh, unknown, unknown. Uh, I think it was Muay Thai fighter. I forgot what kickboxing movie it was. <laughs> yeah, but shout. Okay, shouts out to Dave Batista. He's a great actor. He's actually creating. He's making himself different than The Rock by actually taking like roles that you wouldn't expect him to. So shouts out to Dave Batista. Um, so he it starts off at his house. Yeah, he he's a very minor character, but throughout the plot, he's actually a big character. So, um, it opens up at Dave Batista's house. Um, Agent K walks in, waits for him because Dave Batista is one of the old models of replicants, which has the ability to uh, revolt and to go rogue. The newer replicants post blackout, that part of them has been taken out. Their free will has been taken. So the old replicants are the ones that are able to have free will. And so uh, Batista is one of the older ones. Um, And Ryan Gosling is a newer model of the replicants. He works for the LAPD and he's there to track and kill uh, this older model replicant. So Batista comes in and they have a conversation. And uh, Batista is a farmer. He is farming for subsidence, which he then sells for to stay alive, as you do as a farmer. Um, he's creating grub worms, and if you look out throughout society, like there's really no natural things in society. It's a dystopian, post-apocalyptic kind of hellscape where there's no real uh, life. Yeah, there's no real life forms out. So um, they talk. They have a conversation. They end up, you know, Batista understands that he's there to be killed, more or less. <clears throat> he offers to uh, give himself up, but that's not really an option in the situation. Um, so they get into a fight, and uh, he murders, or uh, Agent K kills Batista's character. And um, so he goes back to the police station, 
and he notices that there's a tree that um, seems odd that, you know, the tree is standing out there in the middle of the barren desert and there's a flower, a small flower placed on top of the tree, um, like what looks like a gravesite, but obviously not that showy. So he takes his drone and hovers over it and tells the drone to search 30 feet down to see if it sees anything and it finds a box. So he goes back to the police station, tells him, hey, there's a box down there. The police off or the, uh, let's see, what's her name? Lieutenant Joshi, oh. who, or Joshi, Joshi, Joshi. I totally can't remember, Joshi, Joshi. Totally can't remember <laughs> um, now. Uh, we'll just say, uh, <laughs> Lieutenant, the Lieutenant, well, uh, they go and grab the, they order the, or the, the box to be excavated from the ground. And so they get it, they grab it, they bring it back after Ryan Gosling, Agent K has, you know, done his benchmark test to see if he's still a good android. And they discover there's, uh, there's bones inside the box. <clears throat> so they take the bones, they examine them, and they realize that, um, there's some discrepancies from what a normal uh, replicant's bones would look like in this box of bones. So that pretty much opens up the plot for the entire movie. Just that not one. Not going to spoil the, that one scene. Yeah, is not like, going to. <laughs> not yeah, not going to spoil what the discrepancy was, but that pretty much creates the rest of the movie. So, um, more or less, Agent K goes on a search. To find out more about um, the person whose bones they found. And in doing so, he goes to... Um, excuse me. He goes to uh, the Wallace Corporation, who... Is, he, okay, so Jared Leto plays Mr. Wallace. Mr. Wallace, after the blackout, took over the creation of, of, the, of the replicants. So he starts off as like, you know, a good-minded person who thinks that he's going to uh, change the world with his replicants. Kind of goes crazy. He's blind, a little bit power-hungry, kind of goes crazy. Josh, I'm going to take a drink of water. You continue on. No, you're good. You're, you kind of like, I don't know if it's our connection or why you're kind of getting a little echoey. Not echoey, but whatever. Jeremy can edit that out. But uh, the whole thing with Jared Leto's <laughs> character, though, uh, I mean... I don't know if it's spoiler or not. I mean, he is in the movie, like, I want to say a good chunk, but not as much as the trailer would lead you on. But his scenes themselves are just as important as everyone else's. You, you come to understand that this dude's like, I am near perfection of, you know, the replicant model. You know, rep, these, you know, in the past, he explains how Pat was saying that they were able to rebel. They, they were able to have free will, you know, and... That's when he's like, I'm trying to perfect it. I'm trying to make it better, but I can only do so much, you know. Especially after the whole blackout thing. So I can see how he kind of went crazy, think like thinking that he's bettering the world, but in actuality, he's just making it real bad. And right. same thing so... with the whole dystopian future. Life itself does not seem to be an everyday thing. I mean, just the simple fact of running into a tree that's already dead but still standing or a flower that's just cut and sitting in the middle of nowhere is a miracle to come across. It's kind of like a Mad Max coming across water in a barren wasteland of nothingness. And uh, same thing that you were referring to with Ryan Gosling doing his little benchmark test. It's just like 
the fact that these new replicants are forced to have no free will you know they're told that you know they have no souls no anything it's it, it just it just further builds onto what they found earlier or what agent k found earlier right Hopefully. so basically like basically uh wallace has created an entire lineage of basically just slaves the replicants that he's made are either like you know they're either work for the police or they're the street workers basically the lowest of the low of society they have contact with the regular human beings but they're not on the same seen level. as equal yeah they're not seen as equals or as like you know they don't have the same freedoms as human beings so that's like another like telling scene small little scene so agent k walks back to his apartment <clears throat> and like you see all the humans like yelling at him and like cussing him out and he has like go the fuck home or something like that like, yeah like his door. door yeah so like he's not really well liked because he is a replicant and a police officer you know as you it's like as they you know are. what he is pretty much <laughs> yeah and like i think that it's it's really looked down upon that he goes out as a replicant and kills other replicants and it's mentioned that it's you like know killing like, your own kind pretty much in a way right so like he's going out and he's killing people that are the same as him and he doesn't feel bad about it because they don't have a soul or they don't have you know they're not really alive like he isn't really alive but anyway so the plot progresses um so he goes to uh, agent k goes to wallace's headquarters to search the dna files and um wallace takes notice of the bones that he brought he realizes that there's an anomaly between uh the bones and the the research that he himself has had and so uh he sends what he considers his current perfect model which is uh her name is love yeah it was love right well yeah her name is love he calls him he calls her his angel there we go. That's what so, I was really thinking of, the angel. <laughs> yeah, so he sends her out to the police station to steal the bone so that he can start researching, you know, without the police interference. Because at his core, he's a businessman, and he wants to create the actual perfect replicate. So she steals them. She kills the, uh, whatchamacallit, forensics worker, takes the bones, steals them. Uh, Agent K has directive to go and um, basically destroy all evidence of the house that he was at with uh, Dave Batista. And uh, let's see. His name is uh, Sapper Morton, is Dave Batista's character. So he goes back to Morton's house, destroys it. In doing so, he finds some more clues about um, the. The and. Things linking yeah. to it, pretty much in a way. Yeah, so th- things that are like congruent and adjacent to the bones that they found originally, he finds more clues, and that kind of leads him to you know start thinking like, well, maybe you know something's different. Maybe th- this is a different case. Maybe I shouldn't be so quick to burn everything down. So he takes this evidence, keeps it himself, and uh, burns down the house. <clears throat> goes back. And when he goes back to do his benchmark again, he fails it. Obviously, something's happened. Something's changed. Um, and that that's basically the main plot line of the movie. So something is different within him. 
he takes it upon himself to go out and discover uh, the true story of the the bones, the remains that he found at Morton's house. And in doing so, he uh, reconnects with uh, Harrison Ford's famous character, uh, uh, Deckard. Deckard, who... Yeah, so he runs into Deckard to get some answers. And um, they reconnect. They have an actual fun little scene where, uh, like, you know, there's some real, like, you know, chemistry between the two actors. Obviously, they're both, you know, leading men. (laughs) Obviously, in different generations. But, you know, there's a nice little homage to the older movie, uh, the original Blade Runner, and uh, the new uh, form with Ryan Gosling as the main character and so they go to basically what seems like you know a super dystopian las vegas and um that's when both of them are captured by uh wallace's corporation and by love love takes uh deckard and leaves uh, agent k to die officer k i don't know why i keep saying agent k it's just in the x-files <laughs> leaves officer k leaves officer k to die and um in doing so he is picked up by um probably one of my favorite actresses shouts out to halt and catch fire highly recommend you go watch halt and catch fire uh mckenzie davis who plays uh mariette who is a prostitute <clears throat> she goes and collects uh officer k's body and not not to get into the spoilers of it but that's when, like, everything starts changing. That's when the climax of the movie happens. And that's when all, like, the major... Everything kind of comes to, to coalesce. and kind of just yeah. falls into place. Everything starts to fall into place after Deckard gets uh, abducted by, by Love and Wallace. And that's when, uh, when Officer K gets taken by Mariette to uh, the secret location underground that's when you kind of all start to understand the whole movie and that's when the movie reaches its ending point so um okay that was i think a pretty good way of uh giving the basic plot of it without giving away any spoilers everything that we mentioned is all in the trailer trailer, so yeah um (laughs) There, there's some weird. There's some interesting points that are brought up in this movie. Um, the subject of love and the subject of reality and uh, fantasy, pretty much, or what's real and what's a replicant, what is uh, like the ideal beauty standards, everything else. There's a lot of things that you know are played around in this, and because this movie is a very thought provoking and slow moving there is action like we mentioned but it is pretty slow paced uh and not much dialogue either there's not a lot of dialogue in the movie it's a lot more uh atmospheric at times in some scenes um so this movie's been out for two weeks it was the number one movie its first opening weekend uh second weekend when we saw it it was the number two movie behind, uh, was it Happy Death Day? Yeah, which looks like a it, terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Happy Death Day, or as my brother refers to it, the 50 Cent movie. Bum, bum. Because in, 
Yeah, in the trailer, it plays uh, in in the club like every five seconds <laughs> over. And over. Yeah, <laughs> um, but let's see. So far, the box office of the movie has been one hundred and fifty eight point six million dollars. Uh, yeah, and the budget of the movie was one hundred and fifty million dollars. But for such a uh, big movie, and I think this is a movie that should be way higher, um, comparing it to like a movie like It, which had like a $60 million budget and was gangbusters the first month. It's still out in theaters, and it came out over a month and a half ago. I think that this movie is underperforming, and um, not on its own merit. I think on its own, it's a great, fantastic movie. Um, and I think people will start to pick up on that. It'll pick up a little bit of steam through word of mouth. Um, but we have some, uh, some interesting stuff to, to go on right here. So, um, found an interesting article about the original titles or the alternate titles that they had for the movie. If they didn't call it 2049 Blade Runner 2049. So basically, uh, when the director was talking about movie titles, he realized this movie starts off 30 years after the original. The movie, the original takes place in 2019. Let's just call it Blade Runner 2049. But one of the interesting ones that I saw, uh, they wanted to call the movie Acid Zoo, which when you think about it, yeah, not, I mean, <laughs> the director tries to sell it in the article. He's like, yeah, great title. Would have been awesome. But I think they wanted that connection with the original Blade Runner to kind of give it, you know, the the pizzazz um kind of give it that that shine of you know a real uh sequel um but yeah acid zoo was one of the original or the original alternate titles and um queensboro was the second one i don't even think there's a mention of queensboro um but that was a working title um <laughs> The article kind of gives a little dig. It says, It remains to be seen if the alternate titles would have boosted Blade Runner showing at the box office after an unexpectedly poor opening weekend. Um, boo, boo hiss. I know it made over $100 million, uh outside of the U.S. this past weekend. So um, it's picking up a little bit of pace. I'm sure it'll do a lot better in the international market than it is doing right now. I know I saw another article... And, and Josh and I talked about this yesterday, too, uh, where two film critics said that it passed the bathroom test, which means that yeah. it's it, this <laughs> this movie was like two hours and 45 minutes from like 2.15 a.m. <laughs> and so uh, basically the, the film critics said, like, yeah, we both really had to go to the bathroom about halfway through the movie, but we didn't want to miss anything. So we stayed through and we stuck it and we didn't pee. So... <laughs> yeah that was well worth it was it. worth it it was worth um <laughs> but that, that's kind of what you're seeing like my brother and my mom ended up going to see the movie uh without me and they were both they both raved about it they both loved it everyone that i've talked to prior to seeing it loved it i haven't heard one real negative uh reaction or negative review about the movie but to see it underperforming so badly, uh, it's kind of disheartening. But, you know, lots of movies do that. You know, they're, they're slow growers. And I think that as more and more people go to see it, it'll start picking up in momentum. Um, 
I feel like this is a movie right. that'll and I mean like the original Blade Runner was a cult movie. Like, like the original Blade Runner, I'm looking it up right yeah. now. Um, didn't perform that well in theaters either. It didn't pick up until it was in the private video or like the the home video market. So the budget of the original Blade Runner was twenty eight million dollars. It only made thirty three point eight in the box office. So not that great of a movie. Um, some other interesting facts about the current movie, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It was filmed in Budapest, Hungary. Um, so there you go. If you ever want to go find the locations of the movie, it was in Budapest. Um, there's there's an interesting throwback to the original, where um, Officer Deckard is taken to Wallace's uh, corporate office, and he presents to her presents to uh, Deckard a new and improved replicant model of uh, his love interest in the first movie. Um, yeah, oh, <laughs> and uh, so they, they have a, <laughs> a new and improved replicant of Rachel. And so um, what it says here is that um, they used like actual footage from the original movie and audio from the original movie to uh, create that replicant model. And um, they had like a, a body double, obviously, to do the motion capture and all that. But they used the actual footage of the original to create her uh, her new avatar, so to speak. Um, so that was really neat. And um, there's one character who basically plays uh, Ryan Gosling's love interest in the movie. And she's actually like... It's weird. She's like the mascot for the the holographic brand of lady friend, I guess like the, the maid, so to speak, the, the homekeeper, but she's holographic obviously, but, um, she plays like different models or I guess like it's all the same girl. Like everyone has the same girl as the, uh, the hologram, but like there's a scene when Ryan Gosling and it's, it's in the trailer too. No spoilers. Ryan Gosling is walking across a bridge in the rain and a like 30 foot naked model of that the girl that you know yeah he was seen to be intimate with earlier same girl a 30 foot <laughs> nude model of her comes down and she's just like hey there baby you look like you're lonely yeah <laughs> and then it's, it's just like, like you want to have a good time yeah buy the buy the joy like model by the new model you know, we can have some fun <laughs> so yeah um i have blue hair now <laughs> yeah okay and and yeah okay josh accent. josh has a, a big thing i'll let you have your soapbox josh about european waifu <laughs> okay so you, i'm pretty sure you've seen the trailer i mean we're both men of <laughs> that like anime of course i mean you hosted the orange high before school I got panel kicked out. for a little bit before you got, <laughs> oh i i shall not say but... yeah i'm sorry club sorry sorry i never watched it you, you get what you know what i'm talking about same thing with me. Um, I have a thing for rom-com comedies. My love story. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. But anyways, um, the whole fact that this dude had his own personal little robot waifu, like to his his ideal woman at home waiting for him, was kind of in a way heartbreaking. But at the same time, it was kind of like, well, because like I can't really put my because like replicants words to it, but can't it, it have was very sex. Sad. It's like they can't have feelings. They can't have sex. They can't 
have human contact, like pretty much mm-hmm. things that make them hum- that should make you human. So it's like, oh, welcome home, honey. And he's like, yeah, let me pour you a shot and let me let's, <laughs> let me get you a drink. Let me pour yours first and takes both of them. You know, she's like, oh, you know what? I made a new <laughs> meal for you. And he's eating like fucking pig yeah. slop pretty much. And it's like a hologram. Like, you remember that episode of Spongebob? <laughs> like, oh, hologram meatloaf again. So she was pretty yeah, much a Karen. But a much more attractive plankton. Karen, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, that's the yeah, other thing, with too. With a European accent. Like, that's the other thing, yeah, too. Yeah, like, Gal Gadot wife. And maybe I missed it in the original, but, like, the dystopian society that they're trying to present is, like, half, like, Russian, half Japanese, but it's in America... There's, like, an African doctor that's, like, talking to him at one point in the movie. And he's speaking, like, in African or in Africans <laughs> or in, I, I don't know the language, to be completely honest. I'm making a fool of myself right now. But he's speaking, yeah, he's speaking, he's speaking Swahili in a or something, or Nigerian language or... that is not English or Japanese or Russian as presented throughout the movie. And obviously, as a replicant, Ryan Gosling picks up immediately in what he's saying. Because he's programmed to know all languages. Um, but it's kind of weird. Like, you know, the the world that they created in this movie. And I, I read another article about how um, they did an excellent job of making sure that... Like, in the first Blade Runner in 2019, they kind of, you know... Yes, it was a dystopian society. But they also made it, like, sexy and dangerous and cool. But this movie's... Yeah, this movie's 30 years after that. Edgy. So it's been like, they had 30 years of really shitty life after like, yeah, it may seem cool and dangerous to live like, you know, in Donald Trump's America with songs by the Chainsmokers and Kim Jong-un offering or, you know, threatening to, to kill us. But imagine when like, you know, the Chainsmokers become the Beatles and Kim Jong-un creates a nuclear holocaust. It won't be as cool. Like, it won't be as nice. And that's kind of, you know, what this movie is also presenting. Like, yeah, the having androids that do everything for you is cool. But after having, like, basically slavery for 30 years, it's no longer as neat. It's kind of depressing and bleak. And that's kind of what this film presented. Um, I know, I know there's a lot of issues. Some people have issues with the... And, and the feminist sector about how women are presented in this film. But, you know, the lieutenant of the police officers was a woman. Uh, the, like, the right-hand person at Wallace Corporation was a woman. Yes, there are women holograms that are basically there to serve, to provide, and, you know, to be sex slaves, pretty much. Or, you know, of that nature. And there are prostitutes in the movie. I think that there are women of power uh, shown throughout the movie as well. Yeah, in the universe, there are in women of power universe. as well. Um, <laughs> overall, uh, also, I should say one quick thing too, uh, one quick aside. If you get the chance before you watch the movie, yes, watch the original, uh, the original Blade Runner, which came out in 1982, which makes it 35 years old. Uh, watch the original, first and foremost. But also, um, they created a very short anime series called Blade Runner 2022, which uh, goes, yeah, which goes into great detail about the blackout. About the blackout. And um, it was um, 
it was, I guess, the storyline was directed and written by uh, the guy who made Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Uh, do, 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 do. I know his name. His last name is Watanabe. Uh, Sinahiro Watanabe. He did Cowboy Bebop. He did um, Samurai Champloo. Terror and Resonance. Probably the most American anime director ever and the music was written and composed by uh, flying lotus it's only 15 minutes i implore you go watch it it's one of the best short films it's probably gonna win an oscar you heard it here first um but <laughs> i highly recommend that um okay overall grade i know we said this was going to be a 30 minute pod we're now and the 40 minutes we're not that bad okay overall grade josh you go ahead and go first you want me to go first um if i have to give it an overall grade i would probably give it a I'll get a solid nine and a half mm-hmm. we're going out through the one through ten scales last time i mean it was just a great movie the fact I mean, the, my only problem with it maybe is that there wasn't enough dialogue, but at the same time, I enjoyed it that it did it because the, the atmosphere itself told the story. It sold, the, especially the, the color grading. That was like literally my right. favorite, like my favorite thing about the movie, the color grading. Uh, just like the promotional art and the posters and all that. Most of the movie isn't going to be having its, you know, its blues or its oranges and. It kind of just sets the tone for the entire movie, it, or the shifts in emotion, or or the stages yeah. of the or acts, if you will. Um, I don't want to say really too much that'll spoil it, but it is a, a must see. Like if you are, you know, big fan of movies like Pat and Pat and I, um, I will say it isn't for everyone. I, I hate to say it. Um, uh, I just feel it's just one of those movies that you really yeah, have to. It's a it's a time investment. You got to sit and enjoy it all the way through and that's i mean i feel that about all movies but this one you have to sit throughout the whole thing you need to watch it because it does make you think a lot it does make make you you know what's the best way i could put it it's like this it's the moments where there's not any dialogue right that's when you're asking those those questions to yourself that make you think and ponder about the movie it gets you involved it's giving you that experience it's a very reflective I feel movie like all movies should Right, like in the the movie gives that's you. That's when you know it's a good movie. The movie gives you a lot of time to breathe involved. and to think about what's going on throughout the movie. I know I caught myself like you know I'm one who likes to to solve the puzzle in the movie before you know it presents it to you. And there's a lot of instances where like you have the idea of what's going on and like you think you're on the right track, and then the movie immediately like shuts it down like that. Yeah, and that's it's great. Hard it's great right if you're actually paying attention and watching it. Um, if you're not the type of person who can sit through a, a nearly three hour movie, you're probably not going to enjoy it. Um, with that said, um, I agree a lot with what Josh said. This movie, uh, visually a 10, uh, storyline up there, uh, audio wise up there. Um, I'm going to have to give it an eight and a half purely because I think that there, I think the the resolution of the movie and i hope to god they don't create a third one please i mean i think the numbers are probably going to speak for themselves and they're not going to but this is a movie that i think 
perfectly encapsulates the Blade Runner story. And obviously the the source material wasn't, you know, open to sequels. It ended with one book. But I think that um, the story has been told to its perfection. And I think that the resolution of how they ended the movie could have been better. Um, the entire third act was a little bit rushed, in my opinion. And for a movie that was very, like, you know, lots of room to breathe, they kind of threw a lot right at you right at the end. And a lot of, I mean, there weren't plot holes, there weren't anything that made it seem uh, like it was not doable or like it like that was fake. But there's just a lot of things that make you kind of, there's an open-endedness to it. There's no real resolution towards, you know, some aspects of the movie. They kind of introduce things and then let them go. And I think that they could have closed it a little bit better. Um, but with that said, eight and a half. It's not terrible. It's far above average. Um, I can't say right now that it's in my top five of the year. I'd probably have to go back and watch it again. Um, and, and let it look. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely need it. Again. Need to go back and actually, you know, <laughs> now that I, yeah, now that I have a better like an idea of what it in is, the daytime. I think going back and giving it, you know, some more time to, to ruminate will probably raise it up a little bit. It's a, it's a thinker, not a stinker. Um, with that said, spoiler alert on this series, Cinema Chat. Our next movie is going to be another Ryan Gosling movie. One that, you know, as I was watching Blade Runner 2049, I did get shades and reminiscences of this movie. We're doing Drive next. Um, we're gonna, we're, yeah, let's make this a, a weekly series. What do you say, Josh? I am so about it. And uh, do you kind of want to let them know the formula? You kinda, <laughs> we kind of, I know we're going to hit our mark pretty soon, but you yeah. know, who cares? We're if having you don't, fun. That's if you don't want to listen, all about, you know, just... it's about, you know, just us <laughs> yeah. shooting shit. <laughs> talking about what we like he, listen to jeremy talk about smash that we have that too yeah, guys so be uh, sure to check that out by the way she'll nice drop plug listen in to there, that but, too. um, um the, but yeah i think what we're gonna do so that we don't get log jammed with uh obviously we can't control the the schedule of when movies come out so what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a new movie one week and a older movie the week after um so that we kind of rotate back and forth. We're going to try and bring guests. Yeah, we're going to try and bring guests. And we had a guest lined kind of up for this it. movie. Uh, but he had to cancel last minute. Something came up. Um, but hopefully he will be here next episode. Uh, I know that I am an ex- extremely big fan of the movie Drive. And um, the person who we have coming on also has some really great opinions on it. Josh, I'm sure that... Do you... What's your opinion on Drive? I haven't seen it forever, but I will say it's it's one of my fa- not <laughs> one of my favorites. Be taking it, but I really enjoy it. I just it's just one of those movies. If you say, "Hey, I, you want to watch Drive?" I'm more than likely gonna be there. Yeah, you go. Let's, let's watch. With it. That, I haven't seen it forever. It's one of those. You on a cliffhanger. Um, as always, guys, we really appreciate your input. We really want to talk movies with you guys. We want to talk music. We want to talk everything with you. Please hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook, on Gmail, uh, free to play cast at all of those. Um, Instagram, we have that as well. Uh, 
Jeremy, Josh, and Lane have been really, really busy with streams on our Twitch channel, Free to Play Live. Go and give them some love. Uh, I think that Mm -hmm. Lane actually just went on right now. He is playing Fortnite right now as we are recording this at 1 a.m. in the morning. Um, I know Josh has been Josh has been playing some Cuphead. Jeremy's been mixing around <laughs> with a few things. Um, highly recommend going and watching with them. Great guys. Um, um, I was gonna say, um, well, oh yeah, uh, South Park, the fractured <laughs> butthole. I I am literally buying it right now, so I might start streaming that pretty soon on our channel. If you know the free to play cast, uh, free to play live. I'm sorry. So if you guys want to check that out, by all means, I'm I haven't looked anything into it. I loved the first one, so I kind of want you guys to experience it with me. All the laughs and all the jokes and all that stuff. I like. I mean, I know Pat, you're not. A big, I like the game. I like Stick of, of Truth. South Park yes. fan as I am, but um, I know I you think enjoyed this the one's game. A little bit exactly. silly from what I saw, but regardless, and um, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, we are finishing right, yeah. this. You know, <laughs> we are we are finishing this podcast at one oh one a.m. <laughs> On Tuesday, October 17th. Hopefully, Jeremy will have this out by, at the latest, Thursday, the 19th. I'm giving him pressure. Hopefully. One last thing before we go, though. I I, I want to hit the 50 mark <laughs> just on purpose. Because I know we said we weren't. But be sure to show some love to Jeremy. Because Jeremy is the only one in our group that knows how to edit on audacity i myself even though i'm really you know skillful in photoshop and adobe premiere video editing software all that stuff (laughs) i am a monkey when it comes to using this stuff so be sure to show him a lot of love check out his little segment shield drop where he talks to you know local smash players sponsored smash players and all that good stuff and um he's working uh currently or he's sleeping currently but he was working earlier on another segment i started called locals only which is where we get local artists in the corpus music scene and kind of see what, yeah. what they've been uh, up to, what they're doing, what they have planned. Yeah, episode two but of The Shield. Yeah, enough with the plugins. Yeah, watch our videos. Uh, Josh has YouTube, some watch... videos to post very soon. <laughs> uh, again, we had a really great time at RealmsCon. We want you guys to experience what we experienced or just a little snippet of what we experienced. We love you guys. Thank you all for listening. Uh, again, episode three of Cinema Chat, hashtag boom in the shot is going to be Drive with Ryan Gosling. We really look forward to hearing from you guys. Again, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Gmail, Free to Play Cast. We hope to see you soon, and we'll see you at the movies. We don't have a real sign-off yet. We're going to work on that. Love you guys. Talk to you all soon. Bye.